you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. Uh, I'm here with Erin and Shuli, two of my seasoned masterminders, and we are doing a live report card session, which is something that I just like to do periodically because I think think that it helps us to continue moving forward. And it's really just a, an assessment. And it helps us to not take our success for granted. One of the things that I'm sure y'all have heard me say a million times is, I never can, I need to remember his freaking name. The guy who was on this, the actor who's so amazing, who was on um, Almost Famous. And he I'm really bad with names. Something Seymour. I, he's Hoffman. like Hoffman. Is that who it is? Mm -hmm. Um, and he was he was sober for 20 years, and then he like went on a bender and he freaking OD'd. <clears throat> oh no, not Seymour Hoffman. He's still alive. I think. I don't think so. I think he's the one who OD. I hate to break. I'm sorry for breaking the news. I know he was an amazing, <laughs> he was an amazing actor, sober for 20 years. And, um, and, and that's why I think, you know, in all those 12 step programs, it's like one right. Day to, right? One day at a time, one day at a time, because you never want to take your sobriety for granted. And it's the same thing. It's like if when we're changing patterns, when we have, taken ourselves from where we were and now we're in a much better place and we're going to continue growing like that that is the human condition that's why like books like man's search for meaning are out there and you know y'all i keep talking about the crown because of course you know how i obsess over shows and so i've been watching the crown and and princess margaret she's 54 years old and she goes to queen elizabeth and and she she just you know she was a big partier and then all of a sudden, I, I don't know if she got lung cancer, but basically she was like spitting up blood. And so the next thing you know, she has to like change her whole lifestyle. She has to stop drinking and smoking and, and, and she's begging the queen for work because she's like, I'm, I'm missing meaning in my life. Like when we're, when we're growing, when we're evolving, like that is what we're designed to do as humans. So, so much human suffering comes from feeling stuck, feeling stagnant. And so when we come together and we do these live report card sessions, we're basically saying, I am grateful for all that I have accomplished. I do not take it for granted. It's like, I don't take my sobriety for granted for one second. And 
I'm going to continue growing and evolving as a human. So I like to say, where were you before you joined? Where are you now? Where are you going? And there is a reason why most of us can't just easily remember how bad it was, right? How bad it was where we actually were. Because once we've conquered a challenge, once we've solved a problem, like our brain doesn't want to remember how bad it was. You know, it was painful to live in that problem. So we quickly forget, you know, it's just like, what's his name? Seymour Hoffman. It's Philip, some- um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, I yeah. think. I need to commit that to memory. Philip Seymour Hoffman forgot how it felt. And anybody who struggled with any kind of an addiction, I mean, I used to do this with cigarettes for sure. Like, I forgot how terrible it felt before I got to the place where I was like, I've got to stop, right? He forgot that rock bottom moment. And so now all of a sudden he's like, well, I guess I could just snort this one line of Coke or whatever it is. (laughs) Probably one line of Coke isn't going to. And before you know it, he's like ODing. And that was the same for me. I'd be like, oh, I could just have this one cigarette. And I would be like, Oh, ugh, it tastes disgusting. I better smoke more so that it finally will taste good. And then before you know it, you're rehooked. And you're like, damn it, how did I forget how bad it sucks to be back here? So we forget how bad it was because we don't want to remember because it was painful. So Aaron and Shuley, tell me how bad it was for you before. Can you, can you, and if you can't really remember, I might remember. So y'all can also, like, if you can think of some specific kind of rock bottomy moment that made you finally decide to, to join Mastermind, what was it? Um, I don't think for me, it was like one thing. I think it was years worth, excuse me, Scooby. I think it was um, years worth of like ups and downs and a lot of really low lows and everything was bad. We were like four people living in a house totally disconnected. There was screaming and crying and explosiveness. When I joined Cooper was the one who was crying every night at bedtime, but there were, there were plenty of nights where Evan would like grab them and drag them down the stairs and you're not gonna live in this house I mean I think Evan and I didn't get along on anything about how we should parent Simon had just the year before been diagnosed with ADHD which was overwhelming because we we didn't know what to do the therapists weren't helping the school wasn't helping it was really bad it was it took me a while to like sit down and sort of think about it, but it was bad. I mean, I also think, I think I probably was like suffering from some like low level depression that I didn't even know. I mean, it runs in my family, so it's not like so unusual. I just, you know, we were talking, surely we were talking the other day, I think with Allie a couple of weeks ago, about like how you don't know how bad you feel until you feel better. And it wasn't until I started feeling better. I was like, 
think maybe like I was depressed for a while. Like it was terrible. It was really bad. And I finally said to Evan one night in bed, like, I'm going to do this program because there's nothing else to do. Nothing else has worked. And because I know, you know, now all your money stuff and like it had to have been that bad for you to have got been like, that's it. I'm investing in this thing because it's so, you know, it's so hard for you to justify spending money as a stay at home mom and all that stuff that you put on yourself, which hopefully we're working on. We're working on working on it. Your work does have value. And, and so like, I know, I mean, I can't even imagine you being like, that's it. I'm investing in this thing. Like you had to have really felt like there was no other option. Well, Lindsay and I really worked up the whole conversation and how it was going to go and how I was going to broach the topic. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking like, how did you, how did you get the balls to talk to Evan? Because I know, well, you know, I started by doing a coach week and you had said all these things. Like it was the first time I ever heard of after school restraint collapse and And so he knew I was doing this free thing and it took me like all week and probably all weekend to be like, I was just like, I just, you know, the parenting classes that I'm doing aren't working. This isn't working. That isn't working. I just don't know what to do. I like this lady. She curses a lot. She talks like I do, (laughs) except for the Texas accent. I'm like, I just, I just think I should. I just think I should try it. Like, and I had to swear I was going to do it and I was going to participate and blah, blah, blah. But I was just like, I just, there's nothing else has worked and I don't know what else to do. Like this is not survivable. And it was right before COVID. Thank God, because I don't think I would have survived COVID otherwise. No, I know. I remember, I remember when I brought Corey on to help coach Cooper with the video game saga. Remember that? Yeah. I totally remember that. Yeah, it's it's a big deal. And I also remember I remember when you finally came clean about the volatility. It's embarrassing. It's like shameful. Yeah. yeah, it really helped me to understand what's going on when you have, you know, we can say the word explosive. But that's different than like a 10 or an 11 year old literally like punching you in your arm. And it's like, you can't say I'm a battered woman because my kid, but when you have a 10 or 11 year old, that's like, you know, and your kids are like, you know, using violent words towards each other. And then like, literally like blowing and you and like using fists where to the point, like, I mean, would there be bruising sometimes? No. I mean, I think the only bruising that ever happened was when I would pinch them too hard because I didn't know what else. Get off of me. Yeah. And like, nobody's talking about this, like it, that it got this bad. And I'll tell you something. I think this happens more often than we realize. I wasn't the only one in my basics class that there was a bunch of us yeah. who all had like, the explosive violence, like both ways, parent towards child when they lost their mind, child towards kid, like nobody, you can't talk about it in this day and age. 
mean, you couldn't talk about it when it happened to me either, but it, it's it's even more different today. Yeah. Yeah. It's like such a shame source, I think. And it's like, I don't know how to stop this cycle. And I feel so ashamed about it. And then I find myself back in it day after day after day. So let's let's stay here. Let's stay in the muck of what it was like getting him to remember getting him to Hebrew school. And oh my gosh, like there were so many stressful afternoons. Like I just remember it. Um, and both of them. I mean, Cooper too. I mean, Cooper, you know, every night at bedtime, there was an explosion. It was awful. It was awful. It was bad. Yeah, it was awful. Okay. And so, Shuli, let's talk about, you know, I think, Aaron, what you represent is is the case where we really have a lot of volatility in the household. And here we are, two licensed lawyers, right? We've had, we've, you know, we're highly educated people. We're successful people according to society standards. We, we step into positions of leadership. We volunteer for things. We're on, you know, the board of our synagogue or whatever it is. Like we're, we are those people. And yet, if you looked behind our curtains, I don't feel so proud of who we are there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and as, you know, as a good person, an ethical person, a justice seeking person, a person who used to go and prosecute sexual predators, right? Now, all of a sudden, to be the person with your kids, the people you love the most, where you're pinching them or, you know, doing, you know, that this is not behavior to be proud of. Like, that is such a shame source. And I think it can, it can cause you to feel terrible about yourself. It can cause you to feel like you're, you know, like you're just a big fraud, right? Like here I am out looking this way in public, but where it matters, I know that is not how I'm showing up. And so then that, that chips away at your self-worth, your self-confidence, leaves you feeling drained and exhausted. Tell me where I'm wrong on that. No, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And not only that, like, I think when I used to take like Simon out in public, he was so poorly behaved, which I now know was just him being dysregulated and not having the emotional skills and control and, and me not really understanding what was wrong with him. Like I'm thinking about this one particular lunch. I was out with this one particular very judgy friend who had a son Cooper's age and they came from the city and we were having lunch and Simon was so bad that I had to like take him and take him home and leave Cooper with this family knowing that like she, she was judging me. And I, I just, I had done everything like in my power to not have to take him home, but like there was, there was nothing else to do. Taking him home was probably the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but nobody wants to, I, like I felt at the time, like nobody wants to do that because that is like a failure. Like, look at like how, and like the shame of like having to carry that with me mm-hmm. and like. It was, it was just all, it was all bad. It was really all bad. And the truth of the matter is if I had just done that more, probably in the beginning, maybe we wouldn't have even gotten to that point, but nobody teaches you how to parent, especially not your 
difficult children or your dysregulated children. I mean, even to this day, Evan thinks that like some things just should be natural. Like, you know, you should just know how to be married. You should know how to be a parent. Like you just, you don't, I don't think those things are like natural. Like they're hard. Right. Well, they're hard, especially if you, you want to do it in a way that you put your best foot forward. Right. And, um, I mean, I think when we talk about like that fictional family that, you know, we want to emulate most of the time, it's because we didn't have that picturesque family that we're secretly wanting to emulate. And so we have this deep desire to do it better. And I think it's a cop out. So uh, it's kind of like parents of teenagers, you know, who want to justify all the risky behavior. And they're like, look at us. We turned out fine. And it's like, are you fooling yourself? Because before your kids became teenagers, especially if you had gone down the risky path, I don't know any parent that's like, well, my kids are teenagers. They'll for sure drink and smoke and probably like, you know, pop a little Xanax. Like no one's saying that ever. And then all of a sudden they have a teenager who's doing that. And they're like, we all did it and we're fine. And I'm like, that's a cop out. Like, don't you want better for your kids. And so these things you just come naturally. Well, it came naturally for your parents. Are you pleased with the way things went down in your household growing up? Or do you kind of want to do things a little differently? And I know, you know, I mean, wouldn't Evan be like, yeah, like, so was your goal for us to be just like your mom and dad? Yeah. What would he say? What would he say? <laughs> he would say no in a heartbeat. Right. No. Right. And right. And this is what the science tells us. If you don't learn and practice new skills, you will fall back on the programming and the conditioning that was used on you when you were growing up. I mean, that's just the way it works. Right. And so, yeah, so that's, it's just, it's a terrible, but I think you represent the situation where so many people find themselves and they just don't even know where to turn. And you can't even, you know, it's a whole, it takes a village. And here you are sitting at lunch with another mom who's got kids similar age as you, and she should have your back. And all you're feeling from her is judgment in that moment. All you're feeling is judgment. And so that's, I mean, that's why I always say, like, I went and created the community that I couldn't find in real life because all that mommy competition and, you know, judgment and Facebook branding, you know, I'm going to pretend I'm this person on social media, but really, and everybody's judging each other. It's a shit show and it feels terrible for everyone. So, okay. So Shuli, I think you represent a little bit more of it wasn't totally off the rails and you didn't even necessarily, you don't even identify really with the strong-willed child language, right? A, a little bit. I mean, I think Asher was, he is probably my strong-willed child, but I don't know. Yeah. It's not like, it's not never been like extreme. Yeah. 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 So you're, for you, it was really more that you just had like, boys close in age and they were being 
rowdy and and it was a little chaotic and stressful tell me where i'm wrong on this and and tolly was like older sister who was not always very nice to them and it just was you know it was just always this evidence of yeah that perfect family that you said you were going to have here's evidence that that's not happening and then that would and and I, this was my take on it but you feel free to fill it in any differently and then every time your brain would have evidence of this dynamic that wasn't you know wasn't aligned with your fantasy in your head it would cause you to get triggered and then, you know, lose it and show up in ways that you didn't feel proud of. Yeah, that's probably true. And, um, and just not really knowing how to handle those situations, you know, I mean, when I was thinking back, like, I think I had wanted to join for a little while with Asher, like Asher was very much like probably in defense zone. Now I know just like super moody and like anytime he would, you know, we'd, always yell at him when he did something wrong and then he would it's so hard for me to even (laughs) think of it like that because you almost never have an issue with like i i rarely ever hear asher being the problem oh he was always the problem for years but then and so that was like you know i worked really hard on 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 him that's when i started listening to your podcast and we did go to like a behaviorist and stuff, which, you know, it just, we did a lot of stuff to work with him. Um, and I was looking back cause I was trying to really remember and I was looking back at like my emails to Lindsay, my initial email, like when I reached out and it was about Eli, because I was like, we had been, I had been listening to the podcast about my middle son, but I think I neglected to focus on my younger son because now he's the problem. <laughs> so that was like when I really, I, I actually emailed her because I suspected he had ADHD it was like towards the end of COVID. We were, I mean, towards the end of lockdown, everyone was kind of going back to school. And I was like, I really got to start focusing on Eli. I don't know what to do with him because he doesn't listen, doesn't follow any directions. He's like crazy and silly all the time. And I don't know how to get him to do anything. And so I'm like, do you guys help people with ADHD? Like that was what I asked her in my email. Mm-hmm. I did too. Yeah. I'm like, do you work with these kinds of kids or is that the wrong kind of kid? Because he's not necessarily strong-willed. He's just difficult. And I think like also like the big, the biggest issue that was always happening was just the fighting. And it was like, not, we still have fighting, but it was like hurting, like a lot of hurting. I mean, I remember, and this is where Asher was really the the kid that is the problem because there was one time I remember that Adam and I were like upstairs in a, in a room and we looked down out the window and we saw Asher, like literally they were outside and he was, had Eli like pinned on the ground and was just like going at him. Like it was really, really bad. And like, you know, and we didn't really know how to handle those kinds of things. So that's, um, okay. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's good. I think it, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to even remember you being there. I I feel like, I feel like you just like, I mean, don't you feel like this Aaron? Like she always just seems like, um, together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really yes. yes yeah i mean i know we know you have days because you can you tell us you know you tell yeah. us and you and we and we know that you go through it but i'm you know i feel like i feel like you you have more of your mom in you because for anybody that's listening to this um you know surely is like the rare person that actually had a mom that was kind of a mastermind mom pre, you know, without ever learning mastermind. 
And she did read a lot of books. What'd you say? She did read a lot of books. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it worked. It, it worked, but you beat yourself up because you had this calm patient mom and then you would show up and not be calm and patient. And so then you extra beat yourself up that you weren't going to be as good a mom as she was. Am I, am I putting the words in your mouth or was that kind of a pain point? And I, I feel like, you know, you're not putting on an act for us. And I really do feel like you are very much the way you've described your mom. Maybe, but I, I feel like I know because I don't remember her yelling and I do feel like there was a lot of yelling by me because I think early on, I don't think I ever yelled at Tali when she was little very often, but with the boys, it was like, that was the only way I could get them to listen. But so who you are, right. I understand. I like grew into a yelling mom. I think that's, I guess. My I think we all is. do though. I don't think any of us start out as the yeah. yelling mom. I think we all grow into it at some point for some reason. But I think your pain point was, you thought it was about your kids, but I have a feeling, and tell me if you disagree with this, I feel like your pain point was that you weren't, you were the yelling mom. Yeah. Do you, you know, like I'm worried about my kid. I'm real worried about my kid, but really I'm losing my shit and I feel guilty about it. And I don't remember my mom, like my mom always seems like calm and chill and like, she's got it together. What's wrong with me? that I'm constantly losing my mind and losing my shit. Is that it or no? Yeah, I think so. But also, and also I feel like we didn't have like Eli probably drove, like, I think, I think Asher was a little bit like my sister, like kind of difficult, but Eli, like, is it was a whole, I never had an Eli in my family growing up. Like I didn't have, like everyone was, was pretty well behaved. You know, there was occasional issues, but yeah. But I feel like now my point is, is that now that you've got such a handle on things or even when things pop up, right? Like even hearing when you talk about the boundaries and you're like sharing with Aaron, like how you handle, I mean, Aaron, don't you kind of feel sometimes like she could teach this stuff when she's talking about boundaries and her tech rules and trying yeah. to tighten things up. And um, she has a lot of good rules. Yeah. I'm like, naturally. Yeah, I think you I think you have a lot of your mom in you is my point. Mm-hmm. I was going to say I think that you do rules and boundaries very naturally. Like it comes yeah. naturally to you where like I don't because I think that like my kids won't like me if I have rules and boundaries and I want them to to like me and all of the things and so like we went the opposite way and I think that you naturally have fallen like easily into the pattern of showing up as a, as a grown up. I know that you feel like a yeller, but I still think that you like naturally have like shown up as a grown up because you had that model for you. Yeah. And I think the the one thing that is a struggle for me because it was also a struggle for my mom is the, is the consistency and the follow through. You know, I'm good at making the rules and setting up the processes, but then it's like keeping it. You know? And so that's always where I think I struggle. Yeah. The rolling with the homies. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also just like laziness, you know? Well, it's laziness, but really it's also like, eh, I don't need to make such a big issue about this and about this. And then, you know, when you're, you kind of see things start going in the wrong direction and you're like, yeah, maybe I do need to make an issue about this for a bit longer. Right. Yeah. Um, 
So anybody that doesn't understand the rolling with the homies, it's our clueless reference for when you're like, like wanting to, you're wanting to be popular with your kids. And so when you have to follow through on the boundaries, like the tech rules, but they've been so good in all these different ways. And you know, and they're like, why do we have to have so many rules? This is something Shuli's kids say a lot to her. Like, I don't understand. What do we have to, don't they say that about the technology? Yeah, all the time. That's yeah. About yeah, every- no, <laughs> yeah. No one else, no one else's moms would have all these rules and blah, blah, blah. And so it would be easy in those moments to sort of like cave to the, to the kid pressure. And I, and I say, when you cave to the kid pressure, when you know that these rules are helping them to be accountable, helping them to be successful, helping them not to fall into that, you know, numbing, numb brain tech addiction where they lose all creativity. So you, you got to just be okay with them, you know, not being happy with you in those moments. You can't be, tie from clueless rolling with the homies, you know, acting all desperate and graspy. You got to just be like, yeah, I know it's hard. And you know, the rules. And I feel like you get back on track pretty easily, but I think Aaron, you brought up a good point. The boundaries are harder for Aaron. And I think for many people, and isn't it interesting that, you know, you have such a close relationship with your mom. And even though things weren't perfect growing up by any means. And, you know, your parents eventually got divorced and, and all of that. For the most part, your mom was kind of a pre-mastermind, mastermind mom. And here you are like, like, like you have that sense of self-worth. You have that inner confidence. Like a lot of times I have to just like, you know, give you a tiny bit of tough love and then you get back on track. Whereas for someone like Aaron, who had more regular parents, <laughs> regular 1970s, 1980s parents, there's more, there's more healing to do. There's more that she has to do to build up her own sense of worthiness and confidence and, and learning how to even have boundaries and, and, and seeing what she can't yet see, you know? So it's just a more involved process I mean, we're all different, but I think that that's, to me, that feels hopeful in what we're doing here because I'm like, if we're raising, you know, if our kids fall into some patterns that they don't feel proud of, and yet they have the self-confidence and the self-worth, and they just have to learn some new tools and some new skills, like you kind of are inspirational for how much easier it's going to be for my kids when they become parents or for Aaron's kids when they become parents. It doesn't have to be as hard as it was for Aaron or me. So mm-hmm. who inspire us? <laughs> if you have a kid that's struggling and you know that what you're currently doing isn't working. Maybe you've been reading books, you've been listening to podcasts like this one, you've been attending webinars, you've been really looking for resources, maybe even you've started going to different types of therapists and nothing really seems to be helping. I want you to check out our Basics Boot Camp program. We are enrolling our next small group. I don't know when the next group will be again, probably not for several months. And I want you to be in this group and let us help you let us support you we have a coaching program that's like no other out there it's like 
parenting and personal development all under one umbrella because the difference with Mastermind Parenting than a lot of other parenting programs, which there's some great ones out there, they really have some good tips and tricks and tools. Problem is, is that until we really help you to think about your child in a different way and truly understand what's going on with them and get to the bottom of this, all behaviors is communication, you're not going to remember to do any of those things. So what Mastermind Parenting does is we help you to think in a different way, think about your child in a different way, and really get to the bottom of what's going on with them. So I want you to go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash basics dash bootcamp. The link will also be in the show notes. I want you to go. I want you to check out the program. Class starts soon. If you are sick of your current reality, come. I promise you, your life will be different after 12 weeks. Not just your life, your kid's life. And that's even more important because you have a struggling kid and I want to help you help them. So can't wait to get to know you. Um, okay, so let's talk about where you are now. Where you are now. So, so Shuli, if you want to go first, you can talk okay. about kind of where you are now as opposed to where you were then. Let's see. Well, I wrote it out partly by kid, like Asher. Mm-hmm. Like he was very much in defense zone because there was a lot of fighting and I would always yell at him and kind of blame him. And he would get in trouble and it would be like the whole day in a bad mood. Um, take it out on everyone, like constant, you know, whatever. But now like he does something, he gets in trouble, he moves on. Like he's not moody. He doesn't really like hijack the family anymore with that kind of stuff. That issue at school last year where he was like not participating in school at all. Anyway, so Asher kind of like, he's just, he's able to, he's just, he's in a different place, Asher. He's a lot less moody and difficult and that's been good. Eli... Is, is definitely a lot better at following directions. Like he has, you know, I talked about this like timer for the tech time because like it used to be like, you never remember to set the timer. You know, that was the rule that we implemented and he's able to like do these things now. So I know that he can do them. <laughs> like, I feel like he's shown progress in that way. I'm also, I had an issue where I didn't feel super connected to Eli. Like when I started and I definitely feel like I'm more connected to him. What else? He's not, he doesn't complain as much the same way. He's like not as negative, I think, as he was. The hurting, like that was a big thing. Like they don't hurt each other as much at all anymore. Like that has, I mean, they still fight and that we still have to work on, but there's not hurting. Like it was constant hurting and like in front of me, just like going after each other. And like, I didn't know what to do and and they don't do that anymore. What else did I write down? Oh, like little, I mean, even, even just like little things like, yes, because we get even set up things that, make me feel more comfortable that, you know, I can say yes to the sleepovers and it's not going to ruin our whole weekend. Or I can, um, you know, I'm not nagging them all the time because I have rules set up. So I know that like, if they don't do it, there's going to be consequences. I don't have to be like a nag every minute. So it's just like little things like that. And then just for myself, I finally, like, this is the first time in my entire life that I've ever been exercising consistently. Mm. <laughs> I'm actually like getting stuff accomplished. I have like, like, you know, the daily my manager where I write down goals and I get them done. So just like, you know, things like that myself that I wasn't really doing before. What else? Yeah. Just like more focused on the things that are important to me. 
You seem just so much more confident and like, I don't know, just clear. Yeah. Clear and calm and confident. And like, just like you have, I feel like there's just like, you believe more in your abilities and, um, and you're not spinning out. Like you don't have to, like, there's no drama with you. Like, that's why I say, I think you're more like your mom than you realize. Cause I think maybe you used to kind of spin out more on like the little deal things. And now you're like big deal, little deal, little deal, little deal, little deal. It just seems like you just like, like cycle through things very quickly. So that's good. Yeah. I I mean, that's, that's what I, I sense so much more calm from you. Yeah. Good. Okay. Aaron. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, what were you going to say? I said it depends on the day, but yes, like in general. But even if you have like a normal day and you come on for some accountability, like you're writing in your daily mind manager, you're figuring out what it is. uh, You get a little coaching on it and then you turn your day around. It's like, or if you have one day, like you had the other day, um, it's like, okay, so I had this day and I noticed that then Mm -hmm. the evening went this way. And then you're like connecting the dots. And then the next day you have such a better day, right? Like, so you're Yeah, I do notice things a lot more and, you know, kind of the sentences. And like I said, I can like, you know, think about something and then flip it in my head sometimes, you know, instead of, like, I I definitely notice a lot more and more aware, awareness. So cool. (laughs) So cool. Okay, Erin, let's hear, let's hear from you. Um, Well, so I, I think in general, everything is much better than it was in like a million different ways. I think, so Cooper is, I think he's a calmer, calmer, um, more confident person. He gets along with both Evan and I a lot better with me in particular. He, we have like a really nice, my God, we have a really nice relationship. He and I, where we, we talk, we discuss things. I think, you know, he's he's also making some really hard decisions about things he wants to do in his own life that I think are mature and well thought out. They're not easy per se, but I think he knows that, you know, we we talk about it, we're in his corner, we're not going to make the choice for him, but we're going to support his choices. Simon, you know, last night Wait, I, tell, so tell everyone how old Cooper is just for fifteen. When I started Mastermind, he was 12. It was before, yeah, he was 12. He was like 12 and a half, probably. So Simon is um, 12. And I went to leave you guys a message last night. I was like, well, we'll just talk about it today. I didn't even say, the message didn't even go through. But I, I was saying to you, I was like, I think that Simon's no longer in defense zone. Like, is this what it feels like when your child isn't in defense zone anymore? Like, he's, you know, he's not perfect, but he's, he's awesome. He is, you know, he's just, he's just great. I mean, like, there's, it's so nice to see him being a better calmer, more grounded version of himself. You know, he, 
when he's angry, he like yesterday, I heard him like hitting something in the basement, a pillow. And I was like, it's really time to go. And he's like, I, I just needed like 10 seconds. I was really angry because I didn't want to leave. So I decided I would hit the pillow instead. I was like, oh, okay, that's great. He's, you know, he's just, he's so much less volatile than he used to be. Let me see what else. Yeah, he he's just. Well, he's just let, let's just talk about. Like even a year ago, what would yesterday have most likely looked like instead of him saying, I needed 10 seconds and he going down to the basement and hitting a pillow and then telling It would have been like screaming, threatening, potentially like it, we had to go to the doctor. So like potentially me like picking him up and putting him in the car, it would have been a disaster. He would not have wanted to leave the house after he had just gotten home from school and had a snack and was relaxing to go to the doctor. On top of, let's also talk about what the difference in homework. I mean, it's yeah, amazing. I mean, Your updates this year about what homework academics like. are like night and day from last year. He is, you know, a lot of it, I think, is kind of like because school is giving him what he needs. And so I don't have to fight with him about it. He knows what he has to do. He knows how to do it. He's prepared to do it when he comes home. Yeah. How does the school know to give him what he needs? Oh, because I fight with him for an entire year. I mean, a lot of work. Because I took him to get the appropriate evaluations. And then I really, you know, I think I I advocated for him significantly to get what he needed. And I don't ever want to say that COVID was a blessing or that it was easy to sit with him, but it really gave us, Evan and I, the opportunity to understand what his challenges were with regard to school and um, his just his processes about school and how it was all going to go so that I was then able to understand because I think my normal before was just to sort of like sweep it under the rug and this is really horrible and they're not giving him what he needs, but just sort of like, like move on because I didn't know what to do. And, um, and I, you know, I, I like, we understood what he needed and we advocated for him like nonstop, but that also, you know, at the same time was hard because it was focused a lot on his lagging skills and his deficits. And I think the whole like idea that we're not focused on that anymore, like I'm letting school deal with all of that and we're focusing on his strengths at home, I think has also really changed him a lot. Gosh, that situation from yesterday is night and day. I was like, and then I empathize with him. I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, you didn't want to leave. You were really into playing your video game. I I wouldn't have wanted to leave either to go to the doctor. That really stinks. He's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. And let's go. And we're going. And he got to the car. Like, it 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 wasn't even an issue. I mean, he also knew that we were going to the doctor and I was going to get to say, like, a whole bunch of things that were really good about him. And he was really excited. But I just think about the difference between when we were at the doctor pre-camp versus when we went to the doctor now and, you know, how like the difference in where he was then versus where he is now and how nice it was to say nice things about him. He's like, well, what's wrong these days? I'm like, 
nothing. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, like I could like come up with things and they're all true, but they're it's okay, so, so much, so I, much different. I just got an idea. So I think it would be valuable to go at some point, you guys, with your kids and to do sort of a version of this same thing. You know, I was thinking about it today and I was thinking about like before camp when we went to the doctor um, and it was rough, right? And I just want to, you know, remember, do you remember how hard it was when we went for those doctor's visits? Do you remember what that was like? And for usually it would be like, you guys, like even when they're fighting, you guys just take a second. I just want to say that, you know, and maybe you'll do it not when they're fighting or whatever. And you're like, you guys used to get really, really physical and hurt each other. And now like you fight like brothers, right? Like it's hard to live with people. And sometimes you fight, um, but you guys don't hurt each other anymore. Like I feel like it's more respectful fighting and I just see us continuing to improve and go in the right direction because it takes a lot of impulse control when you're used to hurting your brother when something upsets you and then you stop hurting your brother. Like that's a lot of maturity, you guys. Like, do you remember how frustrated you used to be to that you got to the point that you actually hurt your brother? And now tell me, how do you control it? Like, do you know how you do that exactly? See, so when you're talking to Simon, like, do you remember how bad it was when we would go to the doctor? Or so when he this- still won't really do that with me. I've tried to, like I said to him yesterday, like a version of that, not that exact thing, but I, we, I was trying to get him to like talk about what it was like before. And he's still like, mom. Well you, well, you know, what's interesting is it might help him to kind of open to it because remember when you said that when you, it goes south in your household and you know you have behaved in ways that you don't feel proud of, you know that happened, but you forget the specifics of exactly what you did. And then I was watching something or learning something and I learned that like, it's kind of like we go and we get this like rage amnesia um, where it's just like, it's like because your thinking brain goes so offline and you're such in a state of survival it's like you don't even read that to me. That was so helpful because it helped. I read, me. I listened to that too. I don't know what it was, but I heard that too. I'm sure I shared something in the mastermind about it, but like it also helped me realize that like all the times my dad was in his rage, like I've always, I've wondered because he, you know, in our adult lives, most of the time he acts like such a little pussycat. So I'm like, how is he not apologizing for being such a freaking psycho? And when you said that, and then I learned about this rage amnesia, I was like, oh, he doesn't remember. He he knows probably something happened, but he can't remember the specifics. And I'm wondering if we've had a kid that was explosive, if it's honestly, they know that things went south, but they don't actually remember what they did in the rage. And so it might just also be like you being like, look. I am applauding you and all I want to do is celebrate. And when you were at that other place, I know who you are. I know your heart. I know you're such a good boy, right? And you just were feeling that out of control. Do you, do you remember what it felt like to be like, like something as simple as you being like, 
mom, I was frustrated. I was mad that I had to leave the house and I just needed to punch the pillow for a minute. Like, do you understand how much maturity that takes? Do you remember like not knowing how to do that? Not that long ago. Like it's a big deal. And I just want to celebrate you for that. So you might be able to be a little tricky in Mm -hmm. terms of turning it into a celebration. Okay. But I think it's impactful for him because that way it's like, I'm not going to just sweep this under the rug. We're going to, we're going to push you forward. Right. And now moving forward, where do we want to keep going? Where are we trying to get to? Let's, let's do the third final exercise of where you're going from here. So, um, wait, I should go back to what I wrote, but you know, I think that it wasn't that long ago that I couldn't see my, like, I couldn't even like fathom how I would ever do anything, like want to do anything with them. You know, it was so miserable to do anything. And you didn't even I, want to go on vacation. I, we, I, I then wouldn't go on vacation because it was miserable. He's like, why would I want to go on vacation with them? All they do is fight. And we took a vacation and it was great. And so like, you know, when I, I sort of like, I broke it down into like different, like, like now five years and like 10 years, but like, you know, when I think about my grand plan, I want, like, I, I want them to want to be with us. Like I want to, I want to have, like, we don't have this with either one of our parents. Like I want to have the house where like the kids want to come, where my grandkids like want to come and spend time with us. And my, and we have a like a vacation house somewhere. We spend weekends together in the summer or like, you know, weeks in like Christmas or like whatever it is. Like I want to have the family that wants to be with us. I'm finally like seeing that I probably can figure out how to work and have kids and it's, it's all doable. And I also think I just, I really like my husband. Like I want, like, I see that we're in a better place. Like we're cooperating. Sorry, it's really getting dark in here. Cause I have no lights on in my sunroom and it's pouring. Um, but like, I just see that like, we will, you know, like we're going to make it like, we're going to like, we're in a better place. Like every, I just see us like continuing to build on the momentum and like wanting to continue to create the family that like we sort of dream about that never felt possible. So awesome. It was so fun to kind of live vicariously through when there was so much buildup going on the vacation. And when you guys finally went to Puerto Rico and then you were like sending us little updates here and there and like, you know, little pictures and stuff like, I don't know. I mean, it might just be the codependent part of me forever. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I kind of felt like I was on vacation. Like I was so happy that you guys were on vacation and relaxed and enjoying each other. And I remember like you, like that one little story about you with the boundaries where you were reading your book by the pool, like reading your book by the pool. And then some lady who was nice and wanted to make friends with you and like, you talked to her and then you were like, okay, I'm going to go back and read my book. Like even leave me alone. I'm like finally enjoying myself. (laughs) But how, but like old Aaron 
might've just, and oh, I mean, still sometimes I can, you know, where it's like, I don't want to hurt the person's feelings. And then you, before you know it, you like spent your whole free day talking to this person and it's like, they might be nice and lovely, but your downtime reading the book next to the pool matters. And so you felt worthy enough to like lean into the discomfort of, okay, I'm going to read my book now. You know, something that simple is just a sign of, I think you healing and knowing you're worthy of that. How about of locking the bathroom door when I shower? (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a big one early on, right? Like just not even knowing that you are entitled to have a shower uninterrupted, right? Like totally. Yeah. Big deal. Okay. Shuli, what about you? Well, I didn't think like 10 years down the line, but I do like that. I have, I want the same thing. <laughs> I want the vacation house where people come and want to be with us. I, I totally agree. And Adam and I have talked about that a lot, which is one reason I want to get a house with a pool. Um, Me too. But I don't want to have to have the pool for that, right? Like I want to just, it should be not about what you have there. It should be about spending time together. And that's enjoyable enough in of itself. Um, but I was saying that like, I just, um, what did I say? I want to just, I want the Cabo at home that Lindsay talks about and that you've mm-hmm. talked about. Like, I want to feel that because I feel like we go on vacation and I feel great. Like it is good when we go on vacation, but I just want like the calm, loving house. I want Adam to be able to be more involved and engaged. Um, I want us to be a team. I want, and I really, one thing I really do want to work on is the sibling relationship and just having that be like a little bit more positive because I think it's just, such an important relationship and they're lucky to have each other. And I get upset when they're not getting along. So even though they're not hurting as much, we still have work to do in that, in that regard. (laughs) And just like being a little bit kinder to each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing to be working on. I mean, yeah, I love it. I, and I think that for moms like me, like I also struggle with this because it's like, I've got, special relationships with each of my children. And then, you know, when do you step back? It's kind of like what we talked about recently with Tali being responsible for her brother. Like, where do you step back and kind of put her more in charge where she gets to, she gets to kind of step into that older sister mom role a little bit and then feel like a super valuable family member and take a little ownership over her big sister role. You know, because I think that we can have a case of, well, I want to make sure this one's needs are met and this one's needs are met and this one's needs are met. I'll tell you, Alec was never as kind as he was when he babysat his two younger siblings. I mean, when we started going on vacation and we would get two separate hotel rooms because he was old enough that we could go out, Scott and I would go out to dinner and they would order room service and watch a movie and Alec was in charge. They always got along beautifully. Like the minute Alec was in charge and he got to step into that leadership role and it, I mean, I'll never forget. I'll never forget when Avery went and visited him at college with one of her friends. I think it was her junior year of high school and he was at college and she's like, mom, like, I thought he was going to tuck me in and put a mint on my pillow. Like, (laughs) like, 
<laughs> like offered me a melatonin and, you know, and like put me to bed and like gave me and Tomer his room. And, um, you know, and he slept out on the couch and, you know, like he totally took care of her as if he was babysitting her. And I just was like, yeah, I wish I would have empowered each of them a little bit more to step into those leadership roles. Cause that is when I would see the best self coming forward. Well, somewhere along the way, I think I heard from someone like, don't ever put one kid in charge and make them all in charge of themselves. But, and so I didn't do that as much, you know, like even when I left them home, I didn't do that as much, but I, tonight, actually, I have to take Tolly to like a high school open house thing. So, um, I, I kind of talked to Asher about, like, do you think you can handle being home with Eli? And I try to like, kind of make him feel like he's doing like, like something helpful by watching Eli. Yeah, I so. think that's, I think that, I, I think that's bad advice. Um, yeah, I don't know where I got that, but like, well, it's, you know, it's kind of like all the bad advice out there, like, you know, <laughs> you know, like sticker charts and rewards things. And I mean, there's really smart psychologists still doling out that terrible advice. We've know? had that. I mean, and it was so complicated. I couldn't even figure out like when he got the sticker and when he didn't get the sticker. Oh, Lindsay, I went to the behaviorist for Asher. It was all about like rewarding like sizes. And I I had to say, like, I really like that concept. And like, I'm like, is there another way? Like, is there something else we can do? Yeah. It's like somebody, there was one psychologist that told Lindsay to pay Daniel for, you know, for good behavior to literally like pay him and she's still having to undo. And that only went on for a short time. It was the short time before she came to mastermind. She's still undoing it. Sometimes when, you know, he'll do, he, he, he likes to like make flyers, you know, he, her kids are so proud of what we do. And so they'll like want to make flyers and different things and pass them out. And he'll like go and do this wonderful thing. And then he'll say, how much are you going to pay me for this? You know? And she's like, She's like, oh, I'm not going to pay you, but thank you so much for doing that. I know it'll mean also a lot to Randy. And, you know, they want to be part of what we're doing. They know we're doing something great. And then he still falls back. But but wait, are you going to pay me for this? No, no, no. You get to just feel proud of yourself. How about that? And so she has to like remind him of that intrinsic reward. So I think when you put an older sibling in charge of a younger sibling in the right way with the right expectations and you're celebrating them and you're believing in them to show up responsibly and you're thanking them that you get to go out and you don't have to worry because you know they're going to hold down the fort and they're going to have a lot of fun and um and it's so you know it's just so wonderful that I know I can rely on you for this and you guys are going to work together you know and then you also you know can talk to the younger sibling and you're like this is kind of a special deal and you know what? There's a lot of parents who can't trust their, you know, 12 and 10 year old. Are they 12 and 10 now? 11 and almost 10. Yeah. So 11 and 10 year olds to stay home while they go and do this thing. Like you guys, it's a big deal. Y'all have really been showing up with a lot of responsibility and a lot of maturity. What we focus on grows. Boom. You know, so, so there is a way to set it up. Uh, but fostering that kind of team mentality, I think is such a beautiful thing. Yeah. All right, guys. I know everybody's got to get get to carpool and such, but any final thoughts or you guys feel complete? I feel good. 
I, I just, one thing I want to say, if you guys said that I seem calmer, my word for this year, I realized was calm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See? I wonder if I seem more loving. My word for this year was love. I did That's not seem loving this morning towards Scott. I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to own that. <laughs> well, you're not feeling well. That doesn't count. <laughs> I know. I know. I didn't feel, well, I was still mad at him from last night when he pointed out that I, um, I've taken out a curb. And so I like one of the wheels on my car has like some, you know, damage or something cosmetic. And he, he blew a gasket about it. So I'm, I'm still a little mad about that. I just always pretend I don't know how it happened. Well, I, I, at first I I don't know. He was like, wait a minute, Randy, when did this? And I was like, I just did. I did the same. I just like walked away and acted like I hadn't seen it. But then he could tell that like, like I had to, he goes, did you not feel anything? Because it's clearly scraped. And so then I had to come clean and I was like, yeah, I think it was that curb up there at um, Newcastle. He's like, were you just not going to tell me about it? I'm like, probably because I knew you were going to react like this and just make it worse. (laughs) Uh, see i'm still a work in progress too more loving more loving um okay adore you guys talk to you thank you thanks randy bye guys bye guys thanks for listening today guys i hope you picked up some tips tools maybe some baby steps for creating more balance and boundaries in your life and i just wanted to let you know if you want to continue moving the needle forward in creating this for yourself, having a happier household, I want you to go to my website and check out mastermindparenting.com. We have three beginning programs. And if you need some accountability and more support, then please look for the one that would be a good fit for you. Um, And as always, we're on all the social channels under mastermind parenting. On Instagram, it's mastermind underscore parenting. Um, and you know, periodically I do pop up on different Instagram lives, Facebook lives, where I give you teaching and coaching. And I love engaging with you live to help you help your strong-willed kids so that they can feel better because when they feel better, they do better. And, um, I love, love, love getting to know you guys. So thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Super, super appreciative.